It is a week in mid-March, which means one thing. Kalen, it's time for March Madness. That it is, Dan. That it is. And it's my favorite time of year. Arguably my Christmas. Yes, this is this is basically your Christmas in March here on the pregame podcast. So, so everyone, welcome to the show. We're going to be talking about the Selection Sunday results that led us to this year's, I mean, the first bracket in, in two years now. We didn't have one last year. So we did not have one last year. That is correct. Yeah, we got to we got to take a look at what we are in store for this year. And Kalen, you and I both agree that this is a very weird bracket. We're missing people we usually see. And we have some new names on here that we haven't seen in a long time. Definitely. Definitely the case this year. Um, If you thought 2020 was a wild year, I mean, 2021 March Madness is the 2020 of March Madnesses. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Um, it's a bit crazy and honestly, I like it. And that's kind of how this whole college basketball season has gone. You know, a lot of teams that were in the top 25 on the bottom half are totally not there anymore. Some teams are higher than expected. Some teams underperformed, i.e. Duke and Kentucky. Um, some teams continued dominant performances. Example, one seed Gonzaga at 26 and oh, they haven't lost in over a year starting to look like the Yukon women's team uh, from I don't even know how many years in a row they didn't lose a game. But yeah, definitely a a weird year in college basketball, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, we were discussing this just before we hit the record button. No Duke and no Kentucky. The first time this has happened since the 70s. Is that right? Yeah, it's something like that. I believe it's 1976. Uh, You can fact check me on that, but I found that on Bleacher Report, I believe, the other day. yesterday since selection sunday was to put a timestamp on it yesterday um (laughs) (laughs) so uh, i believe this is the first time since 1976 that neither kentucky nor duke is in a march madness tournament yeah and i mean there are some familiar faces that we're used to seeing in the tournament you mentioned gonzaga obviously they're mainstays in the tournament maybe not 26 and 0 mainstays but they're usually in the tournament the Tar Heels are still in here you know albeit an eight seed uh you know Villanova's in here as in like them being overrated or underrated uh they're over, they're definitely not they don't belong in here <laughs> they, had a, they had a bad year they had a very bad year so I'm surprised they're here at 18 and 10 but anyway there are I mean, other teams in here that also had like rough years too. At like Wisconsin is their opponent and they're 17 and 12. So I don't know. It, it was just such a weird year. And sorry, I'm like taking over again, but like looking at the records of these teams, like some of them played 30 games and that's just, that's just a lot. That is a lot. And some of them played only 15 games. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at COVID. Yeah, I'm looking at Colgate. They're 14 and one as a 14 seed. You have Drexel as a 16 seed with a 12 and seven record. You know, it's it's just a little bit all over the place with the amount of games that some teams played and some teams didn't. I mean, you alluded to some of them, and we talked about some of the teams missing. Uh, what teams are here that you're kind of surprised to see? Um, well, you named one. I'm surprised to see Drexel in here. Uh, they they come to the tournament every so often, but. Definitely surprised that their programs here, especially like at 12 and seven. But again, I don't know how many games the rest of their conference played. And specifically, I don't know Drexel who Drexel played to get in here, but they must have beat a couple of good teams. To I imagine get in here. 
I imagine they're in the, aren't they in the, aren't they in the American East Conference with uh, Vermont and UMBC? So I'm pretty sure, yes. It's just whoever wins that conference gets in, and I guess Drexel upset the mainstays of Vermont, basically. I would guess. I would. That would be my guess. I'm looking at, oh, geez, who else am I looking at in here that is stands out to me? Syracuse stands out to me. I didn't know that they were going to make it in here. I, it was it was another dicey selection Sunday as a Syracuse fan. I got to be honest. Um, <laughs> It was like, this could go either way. I mean, we got like the normal little Cinderella teams like Abilene Christian, who is really like a surprise. Well, I'll tell you a team that I wouldn't have guessed would be here from the start of the season to now, Dan. Mm -hmm. And that would be Michigan. Really? Michigan's program has been steadily improving, but I did not expect it to take off this season. And maybe that's because last year we didn't have college basketball, right? We, We didn't have another another thing that anything to look at so basically that program got a chance to just build in the off season you know study game footage get better and i think that really benefited that program uh, and they came into 2021 and exploded so i'm a little surprised to see them in here oklahoma surprised me this year as well i mean they're a good team as well but and a good program but they they surprised me with the the magnitude of their season and how they performed. What else do I have going on here? Not really. I mean, everyone else has, it doesn't surprise me, Dan, to be honest, that they're in here. Um, they're all teams that have either been here before or, you know, I'm not surprised based on the rankings of the season that they're here in the tournament or that they got selected. So mm-hmm. really just a couple of surprises, not too many. I, I think that's partially because if you would have asked me, Four weeks into the college basketball season, was I surprised? I would have told you, yes, I am blown away. But <laughs> once everything kind of settled down, it all kind of painted this picture uh, of what we're seeing here for the tournament this year. Yeah, of course. And what better way to talk about, you know, March Madness than to talk about Cinderella's talk about upsets. So I have a list of kind of some popular picks so far. It's not, trust me, Mm -hmm. we still have, you know, uh, a couple of days before people have to officially make their selections, but uh, a couple of uh, strong bets to potentially be Sweet 16 Cinderella stories, Uh, two teams that are at least standing out as I'm looking across, you know, a bunch of different news outlets. Uh, First off, you have Liberty, who are uh, coming into this a 23-5 and record, won the last 12 straight games. And in 2019, they pulled a uh, 5-12 upset. Uh, In this case, they are down there in the Midwestern Conference, a 13 seed against Oklahoma State. So they're a team that, you know, maybe has the likings of upsetting Oklahoma State and then beating whoever wins out of Tennessee and Oregon State. And then the other Sweet 16 sleeper that people are talking about is UC Santa Barbara, saying that they could upset Creighton. Uh, and then move on and defeat whoever wins between Virginia and Ohio. So do you think like either of these teams uh, are, are kind of who you're looking at for a potential Cinderella story? Interesting. Interesting. I mean, Liberty's definitely a good... I see Oklahoma State strong, though, so it's hard for me to go, yeah, that's a definite good upset pick. I, th- I think it is. I think it's a good one. I think that'll be a good game. If it is an upset, it'll be a really close game. 
Um, and if you bet money on Liberty to beat Oklahoma, you'll be on the edge of your seat the whole time. But that's hard to go against a team that's on a 12-win streak, you know? That's really hard to go against. So mm-hmm. I think they can do it. I would root for them, and I will be rooting for them because I have family members that go to Liberty, so I'm definitely going to be rooting <laughs> for them to pull that upset. Your other pick, the other one that you said people were talking about is UCSB, right? Yeah, over yes. Creighton. Yeah, yeah, over Creighton, UC Santa Barbara. Interesting. Interesting. Go ahead. Give me, give me their rap sheet. They're 22-4. and four. They've only lost one game this year, so since the new year. Uh, I mean, it's their first time showing up in the, in the big dance since 2011, but... The last four seasons, they've had the same head coach. They've won 20-plus games each of those seasons. Uh, and their their team captain right now is averaging uh, 16.2 points per game and just over five assists. So the, mm-hmm. the logic is that they've been steadily building momentum as a team, and this is an opportunity for them to really make their mark in their, again, first appearance in a decade. Is this their year, though? I guess that's the question where we have to ask. Is this their year? Because <laughs> um, he's he's do he's sixteen points per game. That's not too high. That's good, but it's not too high. And now I'm assuming he's their leading scorer. Yeah, yeah. Okay, going up against a mainstay in Creighton. Ooh, dicey, dicey. I think I'd have to pick Creighton though on this one. All I right. don't think I'd go for the upset. I don't know if 16 points out of your main score is going to be enough to get the first round upset. All right. Well, there's a couple of teams I also want to point out that just are uh, rocking some hot streaks right now. And a couple of them are some 15 seeds. Uh, first off, Iona uh, down there facing off against Alabama. Rick Bettino has them back in the tournament and both of his guards are averaging uh, pretty well, uh, at least points wise so far this season, 18 points per game. For Isaiah Ross and Asante Gist with 13 points per game, they're also really good three-point shooters. So they're a potential hot streak uh, option if you mm-hmm. want to go for a 15-seed upset. Uh, another 15-seed upset is Grand Canyon. That is revolving around their seven-foot center. Uh, oh, God, I'm going to mess this up. Uh, Ashbourne Mitgart, who's averaging um, <laughs> who's averaging 14.5 and 10 uh, for points and rebounds. So, you know, that that's another uh, team that's been doing pretty well so far. And then another school that at the very least SB Nation seems to be a massive fan of is Ohio. Not Ohio State, but Ohio, the 13 Ohio. Yeah, the 13 seed that's going up against Virginia in the West. They've won uh the three games in the MAC tournament that they played by an average of almost 15 points. So, Ooh, that's that's kind of impressive. That's played in the that's like, I want to play in the bigger leagues kind of ball. Ooh, yeah. Uh, interesting. And, and then, of course, they have, uh, you know, they have a, uh, a a key key piece of their offense in Jason Preston, who uh, is averaging 16, 7, and 7. That's a stat line. Holy hell. All right. <laughs> Maybe you're on board with Ohio now. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of on board with Ohio. That's that's an impressive stat line. If he if that kid can pull that off against Virginia, I'd say they're going to win. Um, Virginia is uh, once again a very good defensive team this year. Mm-hmm. So that would be extremely impressive. Yeah, I think uh, obviously you know the teams we're talking about here. There is 
barely a, a snowflake's chance in hell that these teams make it to, you know, the final four or anything massive like that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, those mm-hmm. are going to go to some of the teams that everyone's looking at, at the top. You know, Gonzaga undefeated so far. You got Baylor and Illinois and Michigan all as one seeds. So I want to talk to you about something historical and stat focused, if you could, Kalen. Okay. I know when it comes to March Madness, anything can happen, okay? It only requires, you know, an upset to happen for your entire season to be shut down, regardless of how well you performed. We look back to the uh, first and only ever 16-seed upset, UMBC over Virginia. Virginia was the favorites to win the whole damn thing. Obviously, the tournament, as the name implies, March Madness, you get a lot of madness out there. But there have been a couple of stats that have been held true uh, for the last 20 years, and it kind of gives us an idea of who could possibly win the whole thing. Okay. In the past 20 years, with a 95% accuracy, so occasionally there might be like one stat that was just an outlier by one team, but for the past 20 years, the team that has won the NCAA tournament has had all of the following. A three-point percentage above 37%, a free-throw percentage above 70%, solid defense with an average opponent score under 71 Okay. and also just managed their possessions, had a turnover-per-game rating under 14. So using these uh-huh. stats, we can find out what teams are doing those things and what teams aren't doing those things to give you a better idea. Okay, Dan, what teams are doing those things? There are nine teams out of this out of, out of these 68 teams in the bracket. There are nine teams that qualify in all of these stat lines. And they are Michigan, Virginia, Florida State, San Diego State, BYU, Oregon, Liberty, Drake, and Colgate. Wow, wouldn't it be amazing if Colgate won it all? <laughs> 14. Does everyone get free toothpaste if they win? I, I, I don't think there's any relation there, but <laughs> I, I'm more interested in you know like Drake for example. Like they have they they're not even in yet. They have a play-in game against Wichita State to kick the uh, tournament off. <laughs> so, yeah. but they are 25 and four. So I mean, yeah, I mean, pretty good. Yeah. So I mean, some of the teams we talked about there, you talked about Michigan. Michigan's one of the teams that has the numbers statistically. Michigan's good. I mean, Michigan's good. I know we were talking about them just being like Cinderella's, but Liberty's doing it. I know that would be that would be intense too. I would go crazy. From what I'm looking at here, the teams that have higher seeds that we'd expect to go far. I mean, you got Michigan as a one seed. You got Virginia as a four seed. I'm looking for. I mean, San Diego State's a six seed. Eh. That would still be crazy if they went all the way and won the tournament. That would be pretty, yeah. You know, uh, Florida State is a four seed. So so pretty much it seems like, you know, Virginia, Michigan, and Florida State would be like kind of the higher seed like picks to do if you're basing it off of these numbers. Do you want to know who, or well, obviously, you know, everyone else doesn't qualify, but that means that Gonzaga isn't there, Baylor isn't there. Illinois isn't there, and Iowa isn't there. Those are the other top five, with the exception of Michigan, of course, that don't fit in on these stats. Which is surprising to me that yeah. they're in those positions. Well, that's that surprises me that Gonzaga is 26-0, and 0, 
and they don't have numbers like that. So for for each makes of those, me wonder what they're doing. Yeah, well, for each of those four teams, I can tell you what they're they're each missing one stat. They're each off in one stat. So for Gonzaga, not quite. Uh, Gonzaga okay. is actually three point shooting. They are only uh, they only shoot thirty six and a half percent from beyond the arc. So close. Oh, but, so close. But but statistically, I mean, like that puts them in that five percent margin of error place, and that's I mean, mm-hmm. for a team that's twenty six and zero, you know, you you would you would want them to be a bit more secure in what they're doing. For Baylor, Baylor, it's free throw shooting. Baylor is under seventy percent in free throw shooting. That's abysmal. And the same for Illinois too. They're both. Uh, I mean, they're not far off. They're both in the high sixties, but they're still not there with free throw shooting. And uh, for Iowa State, it's actually their defense points per game. They're allowing almost seventy-two points per game, which again, very close to that mark. But that puts them in that five percent margin. So who knows? Maybe maybe this is just me statistically telling you, hey, you might want to go put some money on Michigan. Who knows? Maybe, maybe it is. Trust me, this is not. I am far from any type of gambling advice. Please do not take my advice as professional <laughs> gambling advice. If if that's the case, you're going to be sorely mistaken. Yeah, you're going to lose money. Yeah, but I think that it's really interesting that like all of the winners for March Madness have fit into those four categories or those four like statistical amounts. So clearly it's it doesn't when Gonzaga. What happens when Gonzaga wins it all? And then that trend is broken. I don't know. I guess they got to adjust the numbers like three, <laughs> three points shooting above 69%, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that's what they have to do. But I thought it was interesting that they all had these elements in common. And those elements didn't even really account for like total offense. They just accounted for efficient offense. Good scoring right. from beyond the arc, you know, making your your free throws, making your free points and just managing your possessions well, you know, and then obviously basically just yeah, basically, basically, it's just like playing a clean offensive game, like not necessarily like picking your shots from three, uh, making your free throws when you're fouled and holding on to the ball, like literally, Dan, those things that you just listed statistically, those are just the fundamentals of the game that you like want to do as a team, you know, that you want to go out there every day and just maintain and make sure that you're doing those little things in, in a basketball locker room. We call those the little things, do the little <laughs> things right. And you'll win games. Yeah. Like, like who knew that sound efficient, very safe, steady offensive power is exactly what you need to win a tournament where teams are going crazy and throwing anything at you. Me. <laughs> well okay okay all right all right <laughs> so <laughs> i could have guessed that one. Oh boy but either way yeah so i mean not a lot of time to get your brackets in thursday is the day when the play-in games happen um and then of course friday kicks off the uh the first round i am sad to say after basically after being guaranteed a slot last year uh you know with uh, Penn State's performance, as I am a Penn State fan, uh, not not here, not here anymore. Rip. Yeah, they're and also they're not in the NIT either. I mean, NIT is only doing like they're doing like a half tournament. They've cut down the number of teams because of oh. COVID. So 
Yeah. Can we put an honorary banner up in the Bryce Jordan Center? It just says, like, would have been March Madness would've Dancers. Been 2020 March Madness Tournament. Yeah. Would have made it. Yeah, we, we would have. Come on. G- g- just, just, just give us the credibility. You might would have been out in the first round, but we would have been there. Uh, I actually don't think we would have been out in the first round. I think we would have been. Uh, I think we would have been the higher of the seeds, based on where really? they were. I I think they were like predicting Penn State being like a somewhere between like a five and a seven seed. Interesting. I think I can interesting listen my memory isn't good and you're asking me to think about what happened a year ago come on <laughs> square deal I wouldn't remember either yeah I, I didn't write this down uh Kalen right now I know you talked a little bit I'm not gonna pressure you into making all your picks now but what are, what are some of your slam dunk picks like you know are, are you instantly just writing down Gonzaga in the in you know in the final four uh, what are some like slam dunk? These are kind of the posts that I'm building my my uh, bracket off of. I definitely make a bracket with Gonz- like I always like to go for the multi bracket method. I usually I usually make three, okay, all with different winners. So so what's your what's your strategy for the different three? Is there like different like like ones like the extra safe one and ones like the extra wild one? Yeah yeah. So I do I do one that's mostly upsets. I do one. And that one will always have a 116 now that it's occurred. And I actually had a 116 upset in the in the year that it did happen where Virginia got upset. I just yeah. didn't pick Virginia to get upset. I picked Virginia to win it all. So I got screwed. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I would I'm going to make a I would make a bracket with a 116 upset uh, and like your 12, five upset, a 13, four upset, you know, just kind of picking majority of your typical upsets where I think they're best fit. Um, I'm not going to run through that all right now. Then I would make a bracket where, uh, and for the record, that upset bracket still has those higher seeded teams making it to the final four, not necessarily your one, two, three, fours or, you know, but maybe five, fifth seed, six seed, one or two of those, you know, regardless Then I'm definitely going to make a bracket this year. I guess it would be my play at safe bracket. Uh, the one that I would typically um, run with for like money, if I was going to do money, mm-hmm. I'm picking Gonzaga. That's they're just a machine right now. They're a team that hasn't lost in over over a year. How do you go against them? You know, so I'm going to I would definitely go with the Zags for winning uh, in my safe bracket. I do pick I do pick three upsets because that's typically how many upsets happen. Roll the dice for which ones you pick and hope they hit. You know, you never really know. You can run all the numbers you want, but my experience, those you can maybe luck out with two of the three, but the third one's always the impossible one to pick. And even then, you're having a really good year. Uh, so definitely Gonzaga would be my surefire pick. Well, and then here's my here's my third one, which is obviously I did my really risky one. Mm-hmm. I do my safe one, and then I do my third one, which is kind of like a mix of both, right? It's like a taking some risks, but picking some surefire things that I'm, I'm feeling are going to have happen in that bracket. I probably would pick Illinois to win, to be honest with you. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, Illinois has, has a kid on their team. I can't remember his name. Who's probably going to go number one overall in the NBA draft. So the kid's good. And I would get, I think I would run with Illinois and I don't typically run with one seeds as my champions, to be honest with you, Dan, I typically run with 
like your two or three seed as my champion team. So this year is a bit a bit weird for me in looking at that. And it's also really hard to assess because, again, all these teams have played different amounts of games. They've all played opponents of varying levels. Some teams never played another team this year. Like it, it's a little bit out of sorts. Um, so with that being said, I would run with Illinois. I would pick maybe my usual, I'd pick maybe three upsets, three different upsets. I wouldn't pick the same three unless I really felt strong about one. And then probably Dan, I'll, I'll, I'll risk it for a final four here. I'll risk it for a final four. Oh, okay. I think, I think a final four, a solid final four this year is Gonzaga, Illinois. It's hard to go against Michigan. Michigan's really a solid team, but I think they I get to. You heard the numbers. Yeah. You yeah. Heard I heard the, the numbers. numbers. I heard the numbers. Ooh. Ooh. See, Illinois is a risky champion pick, but I like them because they have that really talented kid, and I think he's going to step up. I think, I think, if, I think a good, good final four is the Zags. I'm going to stick with Illinois. Uh, my gut's telling me don't, but I'm going to stick with Illinois. Mm-hmm. I think Michigan somewhere along the line stumbles. And I think, I think Florida state gets there. Wait, we're talking, we're talking final four. Talking final four. Okay. You mean, you mean, you mean Florida, Florida state. Oh, okay. So you're calling Florida state over Michigan. That's okay. That was the stumble you're calling. My bad. My apologies. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying Florida state will come out of the East and beat Michigan, you know, take the east Mm -hmm. because i think michigan will stumble somewhere along the way whether that's against saint bonavart saint bonaventure or lsu or maybe they get a 116 upset against mount saint mary's or texas southern who knows okay so gonzaga michigan or i'm sorry gonzaga florida state illinois and then who's coming out of the south yeah that's baylor's not gonna do it um wow just shut him down right now yeah no i watched baylor play towards the end of the season they look tired they look tired. They got upset twice at the end of the year. They were undefeated for a very long time and looked amazing. But at the end of the season, they did not look good. I would pick. I think I would either go with the two or the three seats. So I think I'd either go Ohio State or I'd go Arkansas. And just for and giggles, I think I'll pick Arkansas. All right. So your final four, <laughs> Gonzaga, Florida State. Illinois and Arkansas. I mean, I don't know. For, it's a wild one for for me. I'm definitely gonna like be thinking about it a little bit more. I know there's a couple of staples that exist in all of my brackets. There's I'm and it's just because the way that history works. There's always a number ten seed that it makes it to the next round. So yep. I don't know if it's gonna be like Virginia Tech or uh. Hmm, oh, I'm looking. I'm looking at the options here. I might. I kind of want to go VCU over Oregon, maybe. I don't know. Uh, really? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a rough one. I would pick Rutgers. I mean, I was between that of Virginia Tech. I don't really know. It's you know, for, for you, you obviously have a lot more insight than me. I just always, you know, end up taking a ten seed to the next round because it usually happens. I do, I do like grabbing a thirteen as well because you know somewhere a four seed falls yep. off. Yep. Um. Yep. And who knows? It might be Ohio because. You know, we talked about Ohio being hot, so I might go with the Bobcats for a round or two. Um, Ohio, but yeah, I don't really, I don't really know. Uh, I, I don't really know mine at this point. It's, it's you're, you're the numbers too, guy. 
You're the numbers <laughs> guy, so you're going to sit down there and look at the numbers and then go for it. Me, I just pick by whim and what I've seen. I, I also pick by whim. I just found the numbers thing because I thought it would be interesting for us to talk about. And actually, you know what? Liberty's a 13 seed. They're probably my 13 seed pick because I'm taking, I'm taking Liberty. That's probably the best 13 seed pick on the board. After you said Oklahoma State's really good. I Okay. Oklahoma State is really good. But I'm tell, as far as 13 seeds, I think Liberty's the best team as a 13 seed. I think they got screwed over with their matchup, though. Mm-hmm. Like, if you would have put Liberty... In the E, it, well, if you would have put Liberty, not in the East, sorry, I got my bracket confused. If you'd have put Liberty against Virginia, I probably would tell you that they're going to beat Virginia. I would pick them over them, over Virginia. All right. Well, we'll obviously see what happens and we will, uh, you know, have to fill out some brackets and uh, see who comes out on top between the two of us. Uh, I mean, so far this year, I'm already like, I'm already like one for one. When it comes to, uh, you know, our sports predictions. So got to ride that high as long as I can. <laughs> <laughs> but that will wrap up our discussion here about March Madness and about Selection Sunday. We will uh, obviously talk more about that, uh, you know, maybe a little bit later on, uh, perhaps just to wrap up at the end of the tournament. But good luck out there trying to win Warren Buffett's billion dollars. Uh, until then, we're going to get out of here. But make sure to leave any questions, comments, discussion, anything you want to talk about on the show. Uh, send us an email, shoot us a message to our mailbag, the pregame mailbag at gmail.com. And also don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok for all the good content at pregame underscore pod. That'll do it for myself. My name is Dan Zaleski. My name is Kalen Wolfskill. And we'll see you guys next time on the pregame. Peace.